This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Well, welcome everybody to uh, Forever Bristol City podcast. This uh, episode being live streamed on uh, YouTube and Twitter. Uh, and obviously uh, the recording is going to go up on podcast. Uh, bad day at the office yesterday in a week that uh, Michael Parkinson sadly passed. I mean, all of us on this podcast, we're all over 50. And I think anybody who is over 50, Michael Parkinson or the Michael Parkinson show has been part of the tapestry of uh, our lives, I would say. So uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him once, only to shake his hand and said what a fine chap he was. And, uh, I mean, yesterday's performance, and I'll carry on the Parkinson link here, yesterday's performance was as bad as Michael Parkinson's infamous interview with Meg Ryan. And if anybody's not seen that, it was it was an interviewer's uh, nightmare. So uh, RIP uh, Michael Parkinson. I'm joined by uh, Neil, Ian, and Mark. Neil, I'll start with you. Um, is that is that a good comparison? It was as rank as uh, Parkinson's interview with Meg Ryan. What did you think? Well, I don't think. I mean, we've seen a lot worse performances, I have to say. But it's the type of performance that has been coming for a while. I mean, in some ways, it's the worst performance at home since probably West Brom. Um, Boxing Day last year, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 With regards to it. But it's been coming, David. It's, it's been coming. I don't, I don't think we've finished last season particularly well. Uh, creativity that we'll come to has been a problem. And um, we haven't started the way that we wanted to this season. And, and that's been a real disappointment to a lot of people. There was a lot of people that had high hopes. There's another big crowd. And, uh, you know, three shots in three games in total, two of which are goals. And they came from long throws. The goal's more luck than skill. Yeah. Really, if, if Nigel there is saying during the week, you know, we need the crowd to get behind us, you yeah. have to do something to actually entertain the crowd. Because yeah. the way we're playing at the moment is tepid. All right, really? Think. That's your view. Uh, 
Ian, uh, Nigel turned 60 tomorrow. It wasn't the sort of birthday weekend performance he would have liked. I mean, there was all the build-up for Section 82 with their flags, but it was flat from the get-go yesterday, wasn't it, Ian? Yes, it, it was, it, but it's how we play. There is a lack of tempo, and that's caused by Williams and James in a double pivot. That doesn't work, particularly at home. We need to play with two strikers. Uh, the coaches, I don't know what they do during the week. And I'd say the same if they were on this call. We play long balls, high balls to small strikers. Now, that is pointless. Somebody said to me yesterday, well, Barcelona played with a bloke up front. It was five foot four. Yeah, but they didn't kick it over his head. It's it, it, if you if you play with small a small team, we're a really small team. You take Dicky out, and possibly Zach Viner. You know, take the defence out. It's a small team. Well, it was almost modelled in the image of Lee Johnson, yeah, because he got a well, out of the small team. But you're right. No, nobody, nobody in the midfield's over six foot. Nobody in the forward line. I don't think Cornick's over six foot, and if he is, he don't jump like it. What an awful signing that's been. Sorry, I've got to say it. Um, I. It was something. If you can't see what's wrong in that game, and as somebody said on Radio Bristol last night, it was a really good advertisement for recruitment. Because if Steve Lansdowne doesn't want to free up money or too much money from the Alex Scott transfer, then. Um, he should consider what happens if we finish lower than we did last season and get ourselves in a relegation yeah. right. and relegated. So okay. low, low tempo. Uh, we, we're fit enough. We've got enough energy. That's not the problem. What will a big problem is lack of physicality and in some cases, downright weakness. Okay. Mark, what do you think? I mean, I heard you on radio Bristol last night. You made, uh, you made some, uh, Good points. Ian's used tempo, physicality, says we're fit. I mean, again, from the get-go, uh, that's not my favourite buzz face. I've used it twice now in five minutes. Um, Birmingham almost had a ball in the back of the net inside 60 minutes. They just seem sharper than us. So what what's the matter as you see it, Mark? Well, I listened to Nigel Pearson's interview again this morning, and he said, I'll always back the players. But he doesn't help himself with his with his uh, team selection, with especially playing Sam Bell central, and the players lack the basic skills in terms of being able to pass the ball, show physicality in the challenge. They don't win the second ball, and they're playing with fear. Uh, the players look lots of players look isolated. The WSM uh, did well because the three front players played together. Our three are isolated. And continually playing playing crosses into Sam Bell, who doesn't uh, who has no doesn't have the presence to beat the first defender because that isn't his position, uh, isn't right. But we we lack we we lack the basic tenets of a foot of uh, of a good football team. Be able to compete, pass the ball to feet. We couldn't pass for Toffee yesterday. Show any creativity. That's gone with Alex Scott. But I think we just play with fear. And the manager said, I'll oh, back the players. There's clearly a disconnect there between the manager and the players. If the players aren't good enough, as Ian said, that means we've got to go out and recruit. We've got to go out and recruit, recruit players now. Because on that display, the first two games, we look very poor 
if that's a look into the future, we're going to have a long struggle this it's season. It's going to be more of the same, isn't it? Um, yeah. Neil, back to you with the team selection. It almost picks itself. And I said, picking up on Mark's comment about Pearson, I mean, yesterday's body language, he got up out of his seat about three times the whole game. I didn't see anybody egging the team on. But one of the questions he was asked, why did you pick a front three of Cornick, Bell and Mametti? And I said, we're going to talk about team selection uh, with each of you. But Cornick, Bell and Mametti, his response was, because I can, which was one of those terse, said in the tone of, you're an ostrich type uh, comments by Pearson. He ain't happy, but what did you think of the team selection? Because realistically, he didn't even name a full bench, did he? He didn't. I... For me, I, I th are you almost keeping Cornick in the side for his long throws? I don't know, because, I mean, that's where two-thirds of the goals have come from this year, isn't it? Yeah. You're literally keeping him in for those long throws. Well, otherwise, so Zach otherwise, I can't... Decent balling, can't he? Yeah, I mean, the difference with those long throws has actually been the aerial presence of Dickey. Dickey's made a difference in the long throws as a, as a focal point, and obviously that's where the goal at press, uh, home to Preston and the goal away at Mill will have come from. But I think realistically, um, Mametti looked like he's been told not to do the things that he did when he first turned up. I mean, we went, I went away to Sunderland last year. That first half at Sunderland, he was jinxing, he was overstepping. He was being allowed to play with a certain amount of freedom. Now he seems... Like he's been told, no, that's not how we do things here. This is the way I want you to play. And he's having to adapt. Pring isn't getting forward. And I know that Nigel spoke about both the fullbacks not coming into play, but Pring, either his fitness levels, I know we spoke in a previous podcast that he takes a little bit of while to get that fitness level up, but he was bombing up and down the wing at you know, second half of the season last year. Or cutting he, inside, or cutting inside as well. Yeah, but cutting inside, you know, against Preston, they just double and treble teamed him. It was obvious what was happening. Um, whether or not, I don't know, none of the fullbacks. Tanner, they give him about 15 yards because they know he's not going to do anything with it. It reminds me a little bit of Jack Hunt at right back when, he used to get the ball and there would be nobody within about 15, 20 yards of him and nobody would press him because it was like, well, we know you're not going to do anything with it. Yeah. So there seems a disconnect between um, Tanner and Cornick on the right-hand side. Playing Sam down the middle, I mean, come on, please. Well, I mean, it, it, it makes, it makes no sense. I say that's a, an antic, not a tactic, really. Yeah, it's really... Well, he's, he's obviously looking at the back line. He's looking at someone like Kevin Long in the back and saying, oh, well, if we get him turned, whatever. But really, I mean, he's he's not... that. He uh, The Oxford game, David, he, he, it ended up with him down the centre, didn't it? Yeah. And even against Oxford, you could tell, this isn't going to work. No. And, and yet we... Oxford 5-1, but as somebody pointed out on the fans' forum, they bossed us for 20 minutes of that game without a shadow of a doubt. You know, we looked pedestrian in that. Yeah, it was it was, it was was second half when uh, when he moved Bell into the centre. But, I mean, if you were to ask Bell himself, he'd say, my attributes are on the left, really. Well, 
I took a fan. Uh, I took a. I think he's a Wolves fan, actually. My uh, son-in-law I took him to the game yesterday. And he said he's not very good. Your number twenty is. You look like a little boy. Ian, the team it picks itself. You refer to the James Williams pivot, and then Knight playing in front. Naismith. He's one of our best players. You've got, in my view, you've got to play him from the start, or is he playing him for the last half hour because his fitness levels are questionable here? Well, both both things could be true, couldn't they? Um, I, I I think um, when we beat Birmingham last year and we played some really good football, we had two strikers and it was Conway and Wells. Uh, and we also had Semenyo in the team. Um, and we played through balls. They, they kept a high line, which they didn't do yesterday. Um, and we played through them. And we can do that if, if we've got our team, the best team out. But this thing of this glib remark about why did you do it? Because I can, that's all fine. If you go out and win the game and prove your point, we didn't at any stage prove our point. So I would say if you're going to keep playing like that, and I hope we don't, you've got three forwards that are first choice, Bell, Sykes, Wells. And that's the best of what we've got at the moment. Yeah, you haven't I'd got anybody, that. any forward there who can play in a one, you know, a four, two, three, one. We don't need, or perhaps we do need a double pivot at home, but it, you could try, if you're going to do that, James and Naismith away from home. Yeah, you can play a double pivot because you can play a lot deeper. They'll come on to you and you can hit them on the break. OK, you can do that. But I looked at that side yesterday and somebody said to me, well, come on, then what would you do to put it right? And I said I'd, I'd, I'd make four or five signings. And all right, well, we come on to signings when we talk. Well, apart about from a goalkeeper, they would all go straight in the team. Yeah, but then we've got that players team. that are injured. It's the curse of the high hamstring probability centre that we yeah. have got players that are injured that would go yeah. in that team if they were fit. And I'm including Eamon Benarus in that because he's probably better potentially on the left than Mimetti is at the moment. Mark, um, um you know, the team sort of picked itself, didn't name a full bench, used five of the eight subs yesterday. But uh, Ian's alluded, and Neil, or certainly Neil Pring, he does look out of sorts, doesn't he? I wouldn't be surprised to see Robert start against Hull on Friday. Yeah, Dave, he, can, I, can I come in on Cam Pring? Yeah. What you've got to remember is if Cam Pring goes storming on up the line, we've got absolutely nobody in the team who can give him the ball. And Fair he's... Enough. Position. And it's the same with George Tanner. They they cannot get caught too high up the pitch because otherwise the ball the, the other team would just put the ball where they should be. Where the they should be in the hole. And, and they'll be away. Yeah. So I'm not blaming the individual players. I take your point on Campering. He's not looking his dynamic, yeah. but sides have sussed him out. And that's what yeah. happens in your yeah. second season. All right. Mark coming through. Get, getting back on that starting lineup, do you agree with me that Naismith? should start and do you think Pring's position is in jeopardy now because although Roberts wasn't great yesterday when he came on his distribution was poor he, he does have a lot of energy about him so those two points uh, Naismith starter and Roberts in on Friday well I, I think Pring can start but it's left centre-back because yeah, of course, yeah, be out. I don't see why yeah. 
I don't see why. I mean, he played there at the end of last season because uh, because of injuries. So I doesn't. I don't see why he he, he should shouldn't play left centre back instead of Naismith. I hope. I hope to God that Naismith doesn't play uh, left centre back. You know, as a last man. That was a calamity last season when he played in the centre, centre of back three, and a complete waste of his talents. I think the reason he's not starting is there must be doubts over his, his full match fitness. I mean, he missed yeah. nearly half the games last season through injury, and um, you, you know that's that's not good enough. You can't. He he probably is the best passer of the ball in the side, but you can't build a team a team around a player who's only going to give you twenty twenty three uh, three matches a season. You need you need an, a, another player who can who can play in the hole and make passes because you take Alex Scott out and you, you you're missing all that. The other oh. thing is you take Antoine Semenyo out. Very difficult to replace a player of his quality, but when when it's tight, there's no way that uh, Mimetti can get himself out of, of tight situations. Semenyo could do that with his back to goal. We haven't got a player that does that either, so we're missing we're missing the quality of those players that have gone. We haven't replaced that, uh, you know. But being able to hold the ball to stick up front when we yeah, do get the ball in no, high positions, it, it, bounces, it bounces off of us. And, yeah. and that's 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 the reason yeah. we've only had. I mean, it's it's actually Neil. It's four shots on target we had. Apparently, we had two against Preston, so it's only very slightly better. Four shots than we, on target uh, we in three games. In three games. That's that's pathetic. Where's the fourth? Where's the I fourth? I don't know. It must have been. A, it must have been. A, it must have been a grass cutter back to the keeper. So, so two two against Preston, one against, one against Mill. Mill. No, and none, and none, yes, sorry, no, no, sorry, three. Yeah, sorry, there's your three. My well, that's one again. That's one again. At least we can. Sorry, sorry, we I thought we had one yesterday. yesterday mm. If anybody saw it against, uh, yeah, yeah, good, it wasn't good gonna finish. last, but he well nigh thumped that in, <laughs> and uh, I liked his little somersault afterwards. I thought he put on a bit of timber, actually. I mean, did the ground move? Certainly did at Anfield when he hit the deck after that. But uh, all right, things are things are desperate when we're things are always desperate when we're uh, we're loading players that we've left us. That's, I know, uh, I know. That's I how know. desperate we are. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, Neil, just put myself into a hole there, and I. Yeah. As I said uh, right at the start, I mean uh, Blues, as they're affectionately known, and I hate this idea when you've got three thousand supporters at one end of the ground. Something's got to be done about that because I know our fans were muted yesterday, but God. You know, they were making a hell of a lot of noise, you know, and it does lift the team. Uh, I think we have one shot over from Jason Knight. We'll talk more about him uh, later on. But uh, come to each of you for the goal, which Nigel Pearson said somebody didn't do their job. I thought when you see somebody volley in like that, it, you know, that, that looked, it was a good goal if you're a neutral. And Max had done the save just before, but... Take me through the goal, you first, Neil. How did how did you see it? Because we should have been managing the game to nil-nil at half time. And we sort of, you know, I would say we were worth nil-nil, but on a boxing match on points, you probably would have given it to Birmingham. But then just before the bloody break, you know, they're one-nil up. Take us through the goal. And I'll well, do the same for each of you. I think that Mayoshi who came on actually made a huge difference for Birmingham, actually. It was one of those ones where you, you look at substitutions, he obviously came on for Ethan Laird, who obviously went off for an injury. And uh, I think he changed the dynamic somewhat for Birmingham, in, in, particularly in that sort of five minutes just before half-time, because he, he had the shot that Williams cleared off the line, you know, and Max... Yeah, we can talk about Max to the... The cows come home, really. I mean, he, he doesn't he doesn't give you an assuredity, does he? 
really with regards to crosses. Mm. It was a hell of a finish, Dave. Great finish. I mean, the ball's come in. We've half cleared it and he's hit it on the volley right into the top corner. Nothing Max could do on that. It's a killer blow just before half time. But then we've been doing that to a few teams at the end of last season, didn't we? Yeah, you know, the, the, we've, had, the, the, more, we've the, had about eight last-minute goals. The, the 47 minutes and the, yeah. the 46 minutes and all the rest of it, we've been hitting teams. And I, I think sometimes there is a, an element of, you know, the board goes up and teams go, all right, we'll just sit out to half-time and you step off a little bit. And I think we were a bit guilty of that yesterday. Certainly you know, the, the board went up and, and we sort of stepped off a little bit. Right, let's just get into half-time. We know it's not great. We know we haven't played well. We know what's coming with regards to a bit of a ear bashing. And the concentration yeah. went. Uh, it all became a bit slack for about two minutes. Yeah. And that culminated in the goal, didn't it, really? Yes, you're right. I mean, Ian, um, do, who do you think Nigel was alluding to when he said somebody didn't do their job? And you talk, we all talk about physicality. He was the shortest player on the pitch, my off. Is it my He sounds like a cheap aftershave that you buy in an airport departure lounge, doesn't it? You know, is he my But who was to blame if anybody was to blame? Well, whoever was meant to be marking him. Who would when, that have when, been? Sorry? Who, who do you think should have been marking him? I don't know if you've watched the goal well, back, but, you know. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know who should be marking him. I mean, you saw all that out on the training ground. You know, the, the bloke should be marking him would have been a bloke that was marking Laird if he was in the same position. So if. Yes, it was a good volley, but he was completely unmarked. What was he, 10 yards, 10, 12 yards out? Yeah. So um, sides, t sides tend, and I've watched a lot of it. Um, I watched the Forest game. Uh, the other night they played Sheffield United and Hamer scored an absolute pillar from the edge of the box but he was in about six yards of space when he got the ball mm. and you're almost encouraging somebody to shoot now the difference is the higher you go up the leagues the more chance there is is they're going to hit the target with the shot and score a goal yeah so um it you could it was poor marking it was it was poor defending um everything about us yesterday you couldn't point to any department of the team and say, yeah, that was okay. Because it, it just wasn't. No. It was, our our passing was poor, our distribution was dreadful, O'Leary's distribution was dreadful. Uh, if anybody was watching Zach Viner and going to get a bid ready for him, I think he probably talked him, talked him out of it yesterday because that was, his distribution was the number of times we got picked off trying to go across the pitch and trying to go into feet. It, at least he was trying to go into Well, fix. that's the thing, Ian. At least he was trying because the other yeah. midfielders were, you know, they we were doing, as you said, tippy-tappy, tippy-tappy. It's, right having, it's all right having 65% of possession, but it's what you do with it. Correct. Now, if, you were, if the team weren't fit, you wouldn't have 65% possession. So they're fit. There's not a problem with fitness, but there is a problem with physicality. And... Unless we go out and, and get some players that have that, you look at their two holders in midfield. What was it? By, uh, Bennett, Bay, who they got? Bennett, and, yeah, and Darby and the other the other lad. They were units, and it was easy 
for them to well, play. Was it Sanderson at the back with the hair? Sanderson, the defender with the hair. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they were units. I mean, okay, we've got two decent sized central defenders. Uh, Pring and Tanner aren't midgets, but no. when you start moving forward from that, there's just a lack. Well, of that's it, Ian. That's it. I mean, for the me, ball never the ball never sticks. No, up front. no. Never. I mean, for me, the back four. And I know Dicky got himself sent off yesterday, but that is the only bit of the depart. That's the only bit of the team that is, as you said, half decent. And as you say, Viner let himself down yesterday with distribution. <laughs> Dicky was running forward, but there was no real end product. Mark, um, just to wrap up the first half, uh, the goal. Um, you know, Ian sort of didn't particularly blame an individual, but the shortest player on the pitch, unmarked, ten yards out. And, you know, it was a worldly finish. But again, as Ian said, at this level, they're more likely to go in, whereas in League One and Two, there's probably going to be four out of ten will go in. What did you think? Yeah, Anderson took the corner, uh, out, uh, out swinger. Uh, Cornick goes up with Hogan and Hogan heads it against Cornick's head. That's why it goes back to, uh, uh, to Miyoshi. But yeah, it was completely unmarked. Uh, outside this, it's sat in this outside the six-yard box to the right, and it was a sweet volley. But yet yeah, there was nobody marking him. Uh, you know, he was there at the, at the back post. It was a great finish, but nobody marking him at all. Just to all, confirm, all, all Mark, he was he was in the penalty area. That's right. It was in the penalty area. Just yeah, he was just a step so back from the six-yard box. Your, and he just followed it straight in it at the near post. Nobody, nobody marking him at all. Uh, you know, as bad as Millwall's marking was against James last week, completely free to put a volley in the back of the net. That was where the problem is. Cornick did his best. It was just a freak ball back to Miyoshi. But yeah, you've got to have you've got to have a, a player marking him. They've yeah. got to do their job. They were all at the front post, apart from uh, Cornick and Hogan, and it okay. was a, a back post, and it was a mess. Okay, you can't so do you that. You go in one nil down, and you think, you know, well, you can give them a good uh, talking to. Um, they came out; it was a bit pedestrian again. I mean, you know, and the next incident I want to discuss, uh, Neil, well, with each of you, um, is um, the sending off incident. I thought the referee was piss poor yesterday, to be quite honest. Some of it, you know, and again. I thought there was more minutes to add on. If we're in this new regime, I thought there should have been some more minutes added on. Although I left three minutes after the uh, th three minutes into the six, it was added on at the end. But uh, Dickey sending off second yellow card, bit silly, and Nigel didn't uh, put his arm around his shoulder or anything. But you know, do you think Dickey's old enough to know better? Who are you addressing that to, Dave? To you, myself? You yeah, you Neil. Well, it was a stupid descent in the first half, wasn't it? And then you're walking a tightrope at the end of the day. He blocked the guy. He blocked the guy off rather than actually sort of tackled him. That second half, the second yellow, but the first yellow wasn't even his challenge. He's arguing about his Williams tackle. He's given a decision against him and he's got involved and got a stupid booking for a descent. And if you're a, centre back and you get a book in what was it about 38 minutes or something like that yeah. then you know and then there's frustration isn't there in the second half you want you know they're all professionals on the pitch they know that nothing's happening they know and we've spoken before david about the fact that how many times in the last few seasons when city have gone one nil down have we actually gone on 
got back in and won a game. Yeah. I can think about once, maybe, you know, when a tie goes up, goes ahead against us, and then they just put the players back, they deny us the space. The only time yesterday where we got any space is when Naismith got in the centre midfield and was able to thread that ball through to Bell that we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Other than that, realistically, we didn't we didn't have anything in that centre that could actually thread a ball through or play the way that we want to play. And you're looking for differentials as players. And differentials as players are Semenyo, Scott, and possibly Conway. And for those three not to be on the pitch, for different reasons, obviously, without those three, I don't see too many differentials. No, I, agree. I don't see. I don't see a player who's suddenly going to make something happen. Mametti affect the game, as Gary Johnson used to say. Yes, yeah. they, they sucked with Mametti. They sucked the flair out of him in the same way that we seem to do out of Hano Masengo after those early season performances. When he well, I, I think I think there is a certain amount with Mametti when he first came. And he's this raw product just out of non-league a couple of years beforehand. And it's a huge step up in quality from League One to the Championship. We know that. Anybody who went to the, the Oxford game would have seen the difference in quality between a Championship side and a League One side. Mm. And he's come from a League One side where he does things really, really well. Yeah. What we haven't done so far, now that he's played what? 25 games for us, maybe something like that. What we haven't done is looked at what he did well and improve on that to a championship standard. We've taken him and we've tried to mould him into our way of playing. But our way of playing is a a negative... Unfortunately, it's a negative way. You know, when he first came, I didn't see too many... He'd be willing to take players on. Well, That's he was what the, the crowd wants to see. Nigel wanted. I want to move on because I'm conscious you've got a hard stop at some point, Neil, and there's more to talk about yep. after the game in terms of the last, what's in store for the next. It's 12 days left in the transfer window. So now, Ian, very quickly on um, the sending off, I mean, Dickie should know better. And then uh, and Max, and I want to pick up on this as well, Max uh, did a good save uh, to sort of... I don't know, balance out some of the bad stuff. So the Dickie sending off and that save from Max on 71 from James. He got down well. That's two. He, he denied them two goals today, but those two incidents, as you saw them in. Yeah, well, there was a, a far post one in the first half that he saved it almost point blank range. Yeah, remember and that. And that one, that one later on. Um, Dickie, the sending off, uh, moronic. Um, the gobbing to referees is a yellow card. So Williams and Dickey decided to do it. Two players who've played hundreds and hundreds of games of league football and the two of them did it. Moronic. For me, that would be a £2,000 club fine for both of them. Um, I don't know what the, the disciplinary fines are, but it shows a lack of discipline and it shows a stupidity. Now, you can put it down to frustration, but basically for years, they've been shouting and bawling and screaming at referees. And the hierarchy have said, really sorry, but we've had enough. So you approach a referee, you crowd a referee, you're going to get a yellow card. And what happens is you get a yellow card early in the game 
and you are then on a tightrope. Yeah. If you can't, I mean, God knows how many times Vyman is going to get booked this season because if you take 90% of his bookings are for Gob. So the manager, coaches, should be saying to them, shut up. All right? It's no good. You shouting in board and calling the referee one of these or one of those, he's not going to say, do you know what, Rob, you've got a point there. I'll change my mind. Joe, you're not booked anymore, but uh, look, don't do it again. It's not going to happen. No. So... And I don't expect it. If it was a kid, you might think, well, yeah, he's, that's a lack of experience, a, possibly a, a lack of being a grown-up because we've got some young lads playing for us now that are 17. And it, it's 17. I didn't have any discipline. Um, so the you, when I, I, I look at that, I think, yeah, you're frustrated. You're frustrated at yourself. You're frustrated at your teammates. Take it out on them, right? Don't say anything to the referee. Good point, Ian. Good point. Something else somebody said on Radio Bristol didn't seem to be uh, any leaders out there. Um, I'm going to. Oh, I, I, you... I, do you know what, Dave? I get so fed up with hearing about a lack of leaders. Pearson signed 19 players. Yeah. You think just by accident? There might be one or two leaders. Well, in maybe, maybe, maybe Naismith. Maybe Naismith. All right. Okay. Um, I think we've done. Mark, you next. Um, and I'll come to each of you on these two incidents, which then pretty much wraps the game up, which is the Wells miss and their goal. So, Mark, first, first dibs for you. Uh, so I think we've done enough on Dickie's sending off and what have you. Um, Nick, Mickey Bell, um, Sam Bell being criticised too much for sort of trying to check inside and what have you. But the one time he did uh, put in a decent cross, and that's the thing, we're playing with two wide men. Our crosses are appalling. Naki Wells puts that one away nine times out of ten normally, doesn't he? Yeah? Yeah, although look back at his record, he hasn't scored since a penalty against Hull in uh, in February. So it's 16 games now without a goal for Naki. So it looks like he's getting... without a goal in 2020 in the twenties with before, since a goal in open play. In open play, well, he's released down. Uh, Bell's released down the left, and he had three, four or five chances to cross the cross the ball in the second half but for the majority of the time he was trying to get back on his on his right foot he's played an early ball in wells has got between uh, sanderson and long and the ball just squirms off his instep all he has to do is guide it in the net he's quicker than those two he's he's uh you know he's got space between him and ruddy he's got it the target and it's one more and it's a get out of jail free card uh, because, of course, Rob Dickey's already been sent off in the 76th minute. So we're six minutes after that incident. He's got to score. You know, it's like that, That you know, when Gordon Smith missed that chance at Brighton. Wells must score. You know, yeah. and it, it's, it's and awful again, that we did They say in the Championship it's fine margins, but if you take better defending in terms of game management at the end of the first half and that, I'm convinced that if... So I'm convinced, as convinced as anyone can be. But had they not scored at half time, you don't know what could have happened in the second half. And had we equalised, then I think Birmingham would have been happy for a point. Well, I think I think overall we are, we we have hung all our hopes on that one chance in the game because we were that poor. We only had one clear cut chance. So yeah. we're talking about that, it, you know, bleary eyed, thinking, oh, we missed that chance. We would have got a result. We only had that chance. And because of, you know, we talked about the Dickey sending off, it's poor discipline all around. It's just poor discipline, inability to do the basics 
and that's why we lost the game. Birmingham were better than us all over the pitch. The fact that they didn't win by 2-0, you'll have to ask them. But that's the, the situation we're, we're in now. Going back to the top of the show, where uh, I said Pearson said he backs the players at the moment, the players don't look good enough. That's the disconnect between the manager and the players. He's mm. got to get those players fired up. They're not showing any of that attitude on the pitch. No natural ability. And that is going to make life very hard of us, hard for us going forward. Injuries don't help. But if the players on the pitch can't do the basics and pass the ball, mm. uh, control the ball, show physicality, show creativity or any, any talent, then we're not going to do anything. No, that's Simply true. That. Neil, Neil, got, got Wells puts that in odds on my my scoreline predict. Obviously, I always want City to win, but somebody said to me, "What do you think before the game?" I said, well, "I think it's going to be a one-one." I think it's going. To be, I actually thought it was going to be a one-one draw. But if that goes in, it's likely to stay that, isn't it? Wouldn't you think? Well, I don't know because so uh, you know it, it goes in and then to Birmingham go just step up another gear again, a little bit like Preston did against us. When they're, when they're defending a 1-0 lead and they're playing with inside themselves and they're playing against 10 men and it's like, we don't have to force the issue, the issue they would have been happy for the 1-0 there. So they're playing with inside themselves. They're, the onus is on us to do something because we're the losing side. We're not capable of doing anything. We have this our default one chance per game, which we don't take. If we had taken that, would we get Birmingham then step up? It looked to me that Birmingham potentially had another gear. Um, I think the fact that they went on and actually scored a second is probably a bit of a wake-up call from them with regards to the fact that if they leave it at 1-0, there's always a chance that we might get a 93rd-minute equaliser or something like that. So I think as a team, they were probably told by Eustace on the sidelines, right, we just need to push now, get that second, then we'll be a lot more comfortable. Rather than, you know, the 1-0, there's always the potential for a, a Sam Bell skip away and a late equaliser from us that would have really given us a goal that, quite frankly, we didn't deserve. Yeah, OK. Ian, um, the Wells miss, as you say, one goal from him in open play in 20 games. Djukovic... He's just the sort of player that we need, really, isn't he? Yeah, because he's always, I think he got a last minute or 90 minute plus winner against Leeds, and he's a unit. Yeah, and he tucked it away with a plomb, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, Yukovic, the goal, the Leeds goal was a penalty. Was uh, it right? Okay. In, in the last minute. Um, Djukovic, he very rarely starts games, which points to me that there's a problem with him being able to last 90 minutes. This frustrating thing for me with the Naki Wells situation with missing that, which, you know, you'd have backed my missus to score from there, um, was Sam, it, Sam Bell putting a really good low left foot cross. Now, he must have had seven opportunities to do that in the game. And six, the other six times he pulled it back on his right foot. Cornet did the same in the first half. He was through on the angle, on goal, on his right foot, and he's very right footed tried to pull it back on his left. That's lack of confidence. Sam, We've seen Sam Bell cross it with his left foot. And it's fine. So why did he keep trying to pull it? That's just lack of faith, lack of confidence, lack of belief. 
uh, uh, or what Mark, I think, called playing with fear. So, yeah, uh, there's radical changes needed. And if Nigel Pearson can't see that, he, he needs to sit down with his coaches and have a really good chat because my prediction is if they don't put it right within 10 games, including the ones we played, and I'm talking about league games, Steve Lansdowne's going to have a decision to make. Well, Ian, I think, I think you, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right there. I mean, I think Steve Lansdowne's finger is on that trigger because I don't think there's any love uh, lost between them. And we'll talk about the games coming in a minute. I think we've, uh, I think we've done the game to death, uh, Mark. But uh, that that uh, Djokovic, he, he's that big striker that we need. I mean, let's start, let's start getting into the transfer talk, Mark. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, Ian said we've not got anybody that can play with a one, but you sort of could try Naki in a one. But Ian, Mark, sorry, do we need as a priority a big man up front, Mark? Yeah, you, you just need somebody. I mean, if you, if you say big man, everybody automatically thinks somebody a target man. You need the ball that ball's going to be played in the air, going to be flinging in crosses. No, it's just somebody who needs who, who can hold the ball up. We've got nobody who can hold the ball up up front. But you need you need your your forwards to play closer together. That's what we're not doing. So we we've effectively we're supposed to be playing with three with three forwards, but we're not. We're playing with 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 one because the two wider players are are playing basically in the corners on on the side of the pitch right. most of the time, and the other player hasn't got the physical presence. So you need players playing closer together, but you definitely need a stronger player. The problem what we've got the way that Pearson has talked about it, the parameters is that we've got a wage limit. Uh, it makes it feel that that we can we can't comp we we can't compete on wages at this level. So does that mean we can't buy players at this level? That we're looking down. Are players uh, are their players good enough in league in League One? Don't never mind League Two. Who could go straight in? We look to sign a midfielder who can't even start uh, for uh, for Bolton. Uh, was he going to be good enough? Do we shop? Do, do we uh, recruit from Europe? Other teams do it and get... Do we loan? Do we loan? Well, I mean, it comes back to wages. Players who are going to be good enough to go straight into the team are uh, uh, academy uh, players uh, at uh, Premier League clubs, but they come with a cost. They would have to be substantially subsidised by the, uh, the loaning club for us to be able to afford them, but bearing in mind the current wage structure. Uh, or, or I, then I don't know. So you're thinking, I, I, I'm thinking, who the hell do we bring in that's going to be good enough? We're not, we're not, yeah, but we're not being, we're not, we're not being upbeat about our chances in the transfer market. I mean, no. Nigel Pearson's not upbeat. Uh, Nigel Pearson's not upbeat about. Nigel no. Pearson's not so upbeat just, about anything. With, moment, well, with, with 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 the Vyman injury, that's a short-term thing. But with the Conway injury, you've taken all of his goals out of the team. That's a real problem, no, and the fact that that lack of, there's that lack of physicality up front, anywhere on the pitch, is a real problem. So you've got issues that need to be addressed. A player, players have to be signed, but we, we were almost talking ourselves out of it in terms of our well, ability to we, bring we, players we, in. Exactly, Neil. Um, <clears throat> the the owner, as he is, that's what he is. 
everything stops there. I mean, we've got the invisible man, Phil Alexander, the chief exec, and apparently it was Lansdowne doing all the talking with the Alex Scott because there was a lot of money involved there. But he's sending out some, you know, he did that interview with the Guernsey Post. He he's almost seems to like battening down the hatches. And our expectations, Ian said for a long time now, Nigel, Nigel's managed everybody's expectations down. I think most of us going into this season had a sense of optimism. We bought four players that seemed half decent. The fact that McCrory's got this mysterious bacterial infection. But Ian's saying we need four players that should walk straight into the side. Yet there's only, what, 10 days, le- uh, 12 days left of the transfer window? And a chairman that is being very just obscure or he's making excuses. Mark's just said, oh, we can't compete on the wages, yet the various tables show that we're, after the parachute clubs, we're one of the better playing teams. As the phrase goes, WTIFGO, yeah, what the is going on? What are we going to do? Well, I think there is, there is quite clearly for me something going on behind the scenes. Um, we've got a situation whereby in the summer, Pearson did a lengthy interview where he said there's a plan A and a plan B. The plan A with Alex Scott, the plan B without Alex Scott. We're working on plan A at the moment, but don't worry, we've got plan B. Well, we are into plan B territory now. And Pearson has then said, oh, well, actually, plan B is now merged with plan A. And we used a load of the plan B money already with the plan A money. And you're like, well, there seems to be a bit of a mixed message there in relation to it. Because any any fans of another club looking in would be, you've just sold arguably your best player for a you know, huge amount of money in championship terms. And you're saying, well, we've got constraints. We've got, um, we can't compete. And, uh, and other teams, of course, would be saying, what do you mean you can't compete? What do you mean you've got constraints? You know, and this is where I think he's built a team there that he likes to play as he likes the team. But is the team too nice? I mean, Ian's alluded to the, the physicality side of things. He doesn't want to bring people in that are going to be of a certain character, a certain temperament that you can often get with the lone players. You go back over the years with Pearson and you look at the lone players he's had and the people that he's fallen out with, they've been top players, but they come with an ego, don't they? And that's also the issue with lone players. He's he's had issues with lone players coming in and being what he considers to be disruptive. So he wants to run a tight ship. He wants players there that almost they can control. They're their players, our players, we can control. There's a control element there with inside the team. Mm-hmm. You only have to look at what we were just saying about with Mimetti. We, this is the maverick. This is the maverick that we're bringing in that's going to get us play a bit different. And yet we seem to have controlled him to such a degree that we've sucked that creativity, individuality out of him. And now he's playing as part of the team unit. And we play as part of a team unit. We don't concede a lot. We're solid. We're unremarkable. But all the creativity has been sucked out of the team. The individuality seems to have been 
sucked out of the team to a certain degree. Now, moving forward with regards to what we do in the next 10 days, David, Lansdowne and Pearson seem to be... There's mixed messages there, isn't there? Well, as polls apart, and as you said, I mentioned just a moment ago, you know, the, the chief executive, you know, we've got, we talked about this before, but, you know, he's silent. I'm coming to you in a second, Ian, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a mess. You said things are going on behind the scenes. Ian, what do you think is going on behind the scenes? There was a little rumour, I don't believe it necessarily, a little rumour that Callas is going to sign a one-year contract after all, yeah? But what's going on, as you see it, Ian? Well, that would be a, a typical <laughs> City thing to do. Um, uh, and he hasn't trained. So we probably wouldn't see him until November. Um, I would I would say Steve Lansdowne's been trying to sell the club. He can't sell it because of the debt and because of the losses. The money for uh, that we got for Semenyo, part of it, I think, was allocated to sign in uh, thinking we were going to get it was allocated to sign Mametti and Cornet. Um and then the other lads that were were brought in. Now, in terms of the injured players, Vyman's probably back uh, in the squad for Hull. Uh, the other four, we probably won't see them until Christmas. Yeah. So um we went out last week and offered a million quid for a guy who's a substitute most weeks for Bolton. Who lost 4-0 to, to Wigan. Yeah. Who, who lost 4-0 at home to Wigan after winning a couple uh, in which he, he only made cameo appearances. And that would seem to me like another one of these ones for the future. Well, what we need is ones for now. And for me, if Viner stays uh, and if we get a decent offer, they'll sell him because he's not going to sign a new contract. Uh, we need a goalkeeper, a centre-half, a defensive midfield player, a creative central midfield player and a centre-forward who can hold the ball up and play people in. So um, whether we loan them, uh, the decision Steve Lansdowne's got to make, and it will be Steve Lansdowne, nobody else, he's got to make a decision. That do I get rid of Nigel Pearson and bring in a coach who will get a better tune out of the players we've got? Or do I further fund Nigel Pearson and teams adventures in the transfer market? Mm. Now, now bear in mind that if we do sign, I'll say five, because I think that's what we need. Ain't going to happen, Ian. Ain't going to no, happen. I, I didn't say it was going to happen. I no, no, but... You, what yeah, what, it, what it, we mean. That, that will mean... He's then signed 24 players. Now, five of those have already left the club, but that'll be 24 players. Now, that means he signed two teams, and Nigel Pearson's statement was, I'm not going to bring people in for the sake of it. I'm only going to bring people in that are better than what we've got. So one would assume that he thought Dickie, uh, McCrory, Roberts, uh, who was the other signing? Knight. Knight were better than what we've got or what we had. Okay? Now, I haven't seen McCrory yet, so I can't tell you how good he is. Uh, I saw him play for Aberdeen a, a few times, and he looked decent, and primarily in midfield, I have to say. But without knowing that he'll... If, if you said McCrory's back next week, we possibly wouldn't need another centre-back. But whether Zach goes or 
if Zach goes, we need two centre backs. Yeah. So, I, do I think it's going to happen? No. Um, the only other option, I think, somebody spoke to me about. There was a conversation going on last week about the club being sold. Genuinely can't see it for the amount of money that Steve would want for the assets and all the rest of it. Um, it's a mess. But if he did, you know, I always say to people, be careful what you wish for, because yeah. some clubs have changed. I mean, Birmingham changed ownership. They've gone out and they've got new investors, primarily from America. Uh, they signed six players. Um, well, that's what I hear. That's what I was going to say there. There and, are some and, clubs... There are some clubs without parachute payments that have been out there making, and I haven't looked at the thread for a while, there's a thread on OPIP, OTIP called Other Clubs Business. Some clubs have been going out there signing players, and you think it that's not a bad signing. And as you've just said, Birmingham had six in there. I don't want to go into the detail of which they are, but our recruitment, you know, our, our, our star signing, well, two, two star signings really, was McCrory, yeah, who was obviously going to be coming in for where George Tanner's playing. And Knight, now whether he thought Knight was going to play alongside Alex Scott, Knight is a shadow of the player that some of us thought we were getting. But, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, this not competing. And Why do you, um, and I'll come back to it, why do you want to replace George Tanner with Ross McCrory? Is that going to really change how good we are? Well, I think, you know, I, 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 I would say that, you know, for, no, I don't, Ian, I don't know. I mean, I think Sykes is as good a defensive right-back as what Tanner is when he's played. But let me get, let me, let me bring... Well, uh, yeah, but Dave, can I just quickly, can I just quickly say that you didn't look at our team yesterday and think, oh, we're crying out for a right-back. So that's I not... Did. A, I did, I did. We're not crying not out for a right-back, We're not crying out for a right-back, right? We're More than a second forward, right back, but in McCrory, we've got somebody that potentially could be better than Tanner. Yeah, we're crying out for midfielders, but you know, if you look at the midfield yeah. that was there yesterday, you know that that midfield. Well, I mean, James, as long as he can walk, he's going to be picked by Nigel, and then you know, Naismith is going to play if he's fit. Knight is a two million pound signing, you know. So McCrory has to come in, and that's the place to put him there. Right? Can I just stop you there, Ian? Mark? I just want your piece, and then we'll wrap up in a few moments. Just looking forward over the next uh, week, we'll be doing for those of you that are still listening. We'll be doing a podcast on Saturday morning after the whole game, and then obviously we'll be doing it on Wednesday morning after the Norwich game that is being played on a Tuesday, and then on the Swansea away, we'll probably do that Saturday tea time. But uh, Mark, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, some people say, oh, the bedwetters are out in force at the moment. It's all doom and gloom. There's only three games. What's, you know, your expectations have been managed down significantly compared to where they were prior to the Preston game, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it's what's going on around the club. I can't remember when that that Lansdowne interview was before or after Alex Scott was sold. After. But, it was after he was sold. But, I mean, he's talking the club up, you know, talking the facilities up and the talent of the squad, uh, not forgetting that Ross McCrory's out for an unspecified length of time. Uh, that uh, I don't know if Tommy Conway's details of his injury had been known, known then. You know, he's out three or, four, three or four months. But he seems to think that the squad that was talented enough to compete 
almost making making you think, well, we don't need to spend money because Nigel Pearson has got got the players that are able to compete in this in this division, insofar as you know, not thinking about the injuries. But we've got injuries, which has ripped it up. Uh, so Tommy Conway's injured, you know, for a long period of time. McCraw is out for an unspecified amount of time, and Alex Scott's gone. So for, he almost made you think, well, I don't need to spend the money. And then you're thinking, well, is he just using that money from the Scott transfer just to pay down the debt? Almost well, going said, back. Building, he said building a little nest egg. That was the sum that he used. Yeah, I mean, it's almost, it feels like the uh, the McGuinness uh, situation from the 2012-2013 season when he, his budget was halved and he just went out and got mediocre players of what he had. Yeah. And the team subsequently got relegated. But yeah. with the form that we've shown, which has been poor, and I think we were thinking, I mean, we did enough to beat to beat Millwall the you know last week, but we only had yeah. one shot on target. We were yeah. knocking on the door, but we didn't show any quality in, in, in their penalty area apart from James's James's goal. So based on that, the injuries, the 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 need. For, for players in lots of possession, uh, lots of positions, there are problems. We're only three games into a season, so it's not all all doom and gloom. But you know what needs changing. Yeah. But yeah. The, the chairman and the manager are miles apart. I no. wouldn't worry much about the that the CEO isn't saying anything. We, it's it's what the club does, not what the club says. It's what they do. Don't worry about the messaging. It's what they do. And right now, they need to recruit players if they want us to compete. If they don't want us, if they don't want us to compete, fine. This is what you've got. You've got injuries. Bristol City all always have injuries for some reason. Conditioning must be a problem with conditioning. Some of it you could attribute to bad luck, but we have lots of long-term injuries, which which must ruin plan A, B, C and D. The players aren't of a good enough quality to, to in those three games to do anything. And this is what you've got. Want to change it? That'll take money. Don't do it? Well, then then we fine. Are, uh, to phrase, you could be we left. are where we are. Yeah, you, well, I wouldn't say that. You could be left with a shitstorm where you lose. You don't. I mean, we we don't look like we can win at home. Players who haven't scored for 20, 20 games in in, uh, in outfield play, you you're, it points to it points to a season of struggle unless players are brought in now because you only got one. We got two transfer windows. We got ten days to to make it to make a difference. Well, we You've got, got 10, to trade. We got ten 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 days and I mean yeah this is a vital time. It's a vital ten yeah. days. You want us yeah. to compete if you don't if you don't want to yeah. if you don't want to make it easy, fine. Just let, let Pearson get on with it. You've got a manager who's not very very up uh, up upbeat uh, you can't seem to inspire the players like you like neil said some of the qualities being seen to be sucked out of players you've got you've got all of those problems and you just want things to carry on the way they are where the, nobody seems to get her i just see real problems at the moment yeah that yeah. is worrying i mean neil big, big uh, final question for you i mean 12 days less of the transfer window Two tough away games. I think Hull won at Blackburn yesterday. Swansea away. Never going to be easy against them, no matter who's their manager. And then a tough Caribou Cup second round tie against um, uh, Norwich. Um, by the time we get to well, lunchtime, mid-afternoon on September the 2nd, we know what we'd hope for between now and then. But it could look pretty bleak, couldn't it, in 12 days' time? on the field and off it. <laughs> well, uh, 
I think, to be honest, Dave, it's probably benefiting us that the next two games are away from home, actually. If we had another home game and it followed on from the, the Preston Birmingham, I think the pressure would be on us to actually put those results behind us. And as the others have said, you know, there doesn't seem to be much energy with regards to to change at the moment that when when I listen to, to Pearson on on the radio, it seems to be like, well, we're we're just playing the right, we're just not making the right decisions or making the right pass. And I'm thinking, you're seeing a different game to me. The two away games, who thought that we would go to Millwall and get a result? Yeah. So it may well be actually that, you know, we go to Hull on that Friday night, we keep it tight, we don't concede, and then we have a, well, I'm going to second guess this here, maybe we have a long throw and we throw it into the box and it bounces around and we get a tap in. Uh, who knows at the end of the day, but um, I think, uh, you know, I think the next two way games, either we, we come out of that and it's strange, isn't it? Cause like Mark said, three games into a season, one, one drawn, one lost one. And yet all of us and collectively you can see on the forums, everybody's like, oh, it's Houston, it's we have a, Houston, we have a bit of a, Houston, we have a bit of a program. A lot of happy clappers out there saying, "Oh, it's early days yet." I, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's necessarily, David, the results. It's the way we're playing. It's the performances, absolutely. It's the right. performances. It's not. It's not the results. And I think some people forget that we did not finish last season very well. No, no. you know, know we was only our third home defeat yesterday this calendar year. The previous two being against Man City and Burnley, but. No, it's the manner. It's the manner. You don't mind losing, but you can lose well. If, if you're only go, if you're only going to generate one or two chances, <coughs> that one or two chances a game, you need your strikers to be so clinical that we take that chance. Yeah. And when they're not, it's just a boring nothing game, isn't it? Like we had at Preston when the first yeah. half an hour that I sent that screenshot to you, and there were actually nothing happened. No corners, no shots, no nothing for each team. And you're just like, you're getting big crowds in and people's expectations are there. Yeah. And you've got to manage those expectations. And ultimately, if you're putting a poor product on there, on the people field, and it's come. poor at the moment, people isn't it, the product? People won't come. People won't come. And you're getting no. lots of exits. Like what, we was the, um, what was the crowd yesterday? 23,000. Was it 22? 22, 22, I think. 22,300, yeah. 22, I think it was. Ian, I mean, you know, just to wrap up. Um, I've got to go, Dave. Yeah, you, you Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, see you next week. See you Bye, next Neil. time. Yeah. Um, Say hello to Mrs. Neil. Let's get rid of Neil on there. There we go. He's gone. There we go. Um, <clears throat> we can chat for a little bit longer. Ian, 12 days to go, right? You know, you said four signings. I said it ain't going to happen. But, you know, 12 days, three games you know, good to me would be two points, two draws away from home and progression into the Caribou Cup third round, yeah? And then we got a break. But, you know, this is a... The next 12 days could shape our season. And not just because of the three games, it's the transfer piece that is the season shaper, isn't it? Yes? What do you think? Well, I think, first of all, I think we need a statement from the club on what we're going to do and where we're going. Because if I'm a Bristol City player, let's say I'm Zach Viner, and all I hear are statements about 
how we've cut the wage bill and everyone's taking credit for it. Um, the manager clearly stating, well, we've got, I've been told what's available. And even if we sell Scott, we won't go on a spending spree and won't do this. First of all, if I'm Zach Fine, I'm thinking, can't see much ambition here. Yeah. It's all right talking about, you know, I get fed up with hearing about the stadium and the HPC. That's not going to get you promoted. Bournemouth got promoted to the Premier League. And I think at the time, one end of their ground was a blooming car park. Yes, it was. So, you know, facilities don't get you promoted. Yes, if you're selling it as a business and you've got £150 million worth of assets, and somebody wants to buy that, fantastic. But please don't, don't keep talking about that. It's about what you do on the field. And if you look at the teams in the Premier League, you've got Bournemouth, you've got Brentford. They're not massive clubs. Well, Brighton, look at Brighton. Look at Brighton. They all, they... all three of us have been to the With Dean, and that was an absolute. They were in. Yeah, I haven't history. been to. Oh, yeah, to the With Dean. Sorry, I've been to the With Dean. I haven't been to the. Yeah, uh, the they Amex. were in. I mean, it's Oldstone Ground. Yeah, but, but the, point, you know... the point I'm making, Dave, is we need an unequivocal statement. If they come out on Monday and say, no, there'll be no more business done in the transfer market, um, if we get injuries, we're going to play the academy, lads. At least everybody can say, well, all right, you've made the statement. We know where we are. And people who haven't got season tickets and people that have can say, I buy into that or I don't buy into it. I won't go. Now, at that point, everybody knows where we are. At the moment, we're thinking, I'm saying we need to sign five players because I believe we do. You're saying you've got no chance. We're probably, if, if, I, if I was a betting man, I think we might bring in two. Yeah, uh, but we might lose Zach Viner because if we get a bid and it's of a, a a reasonable number, they'll sell him because he's not going to sign a new contract, and that's the yeah. policy. Well, he's not going to sign a new contract based on what he's been offered now, right? Whereas actually, to give him what he yeah, wants, but Dave, we've had six months to sort out Zach Viner's contract. Yeah, I know, I know. So that's I what. Know, but nobody's come what, for him yet. You got to bear in mind as well, Messrs. Hanno, Masengo, and Callas. You know, their contract. Nobody's battering the door down to sign either of them at the moment. No, well, not. there's no, I mean, he's in a, I mean, it, there's, there's 12 days to go a cheeky bid. They only have to, he's not going to sign a new contract. They've had longer because we triggered the, the one year extension to his contract. It wasn't down. Yeah. To, it wasn't down to Zach. The club aren't going to offer any more. We've got a shortage of defenders. He's in a good bargaining position because he, he's basically saying his agent is saying is offer more money and I'm, I'll, I'll consider it. The club say no. That's uh, that's a standoff that they was going to win. So if if, the, if the, a club make a, a an adequate bid, then City might might take it. But the trouble is, if they did, will. who have we got? Who have we got to come no, in? We're short me, of defenders. Mark, surely, surely with Zach, right? If yeah. Zach wants, if Zach was on four grand a week and we've offered him eight, right? Zach was on four and his new contract is seven. All right, so that's still a seventy five percent increase on where he was. But a going rate, he's being offered 11. No, he's being offered, yes, call it 11 grand. It's all speculation. He's been offered 11 grand a week by Southampton to sit on their reserve side, right? Sit on their bench, probably, because he won't be a first pick for them, right? It, the cost of replacing Zach just by bringing in a player with a transfer fee and offering him 10 and he might stay, yeah? You know, that's 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 offering him ten grand a week 
is better than going out and buying another player and having to pay him probably eight or something like that. You know, well, that, yeah, that well, that you you think you think so, and both and, and both uh, club and player are, are entrenched. But having lost about three or four players, you know, we lost. Remember, we lost Callas. Baker and closer last season. We decided to pay off closer's contract. Baker was still still on the books, although he basically re- retired, you know, about a few months in. And then Callas Callas has got is gone as well. We've lost all those players and plus Atkinson's long term injury. The only player we got to bring in really is Rafael Arroyo. <coughs> uh, so Ooh, that, no, that's it. Say, Otherwise, we play players Rafael out. Of, we Arroyo. play we play players out of position. So yeah. we don't play players in their in their natural position. I, I have to we haven't say got anything with Arroyo, left. I have to say with Arroyo that I I I think he's worth giving a chance in the team. And I think well, you'll play. You'll, you'll probably what, you'll, well, you probably see him. You you could see him against Norwich. That gives us a chance against Norwich. I'm not bothered with the Norwich game, but it gives you a chance to play Arroyo as centre back, and then you can play Ephraim Uraboa so, from the start. So uh, it's night night the Bella right back or a centre back or Ledsom. You could play one of those two yeah. uh, in on. the right back position, couldn't you? So you could do I'm, that. I'm saying what what tells you that Arroyo? Are you going on Arroyo's pre-season? I'm just going on his pre-season, you know, because he which was against, which was let's be honest, which was against Nets. Second yeah, round. All, right. all right, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be. But you could play, you could play, you could play against Norwich. You don't need to say one way or the yeah. other if that's what we're going to do, right? So let's say, for example, Rob Dick is suspended against um, oh. Hull. Oh. I'm telling you now, Pearson will bring Campering into left centre back. Yes, he will. And he'll play Roberts at left back. Now, if a, if he's got faith in Arroyo, who, by the way, he didn't play from the start against Oxford, and he could, right? If he's got that much faith, why don't he play him? Knight LaBelle's a centre back, but he can also play right back. Harry Leeson isn't actually in the first team squad, but he's still there. Mm. And bearing in mind, from the guys we had on the bench, two of them played. 90 minutes against Peterborough in a cup game on Friday night. So whether Pearson's trying to prove a point, because the the club put the wrong tweet out to start with, didn't they? And Wales went in the squad. So everybody got on Twitter and went ballistic, said, oh, no, not another injury. Where's Naki Wells? Next minute, that tweet's been deleted, and there's a a one with Wells in the squad. Now, we're talking about Wells is, oh, he's our best chance of scoring a goal with Tommy out. And you're then telling me, well, he hasn't scored a note and played for 20 games. So the club either have to say, right, we are going to, we know we need to strengthen. We are going to go out and strengthen. Okay, we're doing our best, beavering away behind the scenes. Um, and and these are the play, and, and then go out and bring in those players that we need. Yeah. If they don't, then we've got no option if players get injured than to go with the academy lads. And if that fails, and we get relegated, all the people who are happy clappy about Nigel Pearson and the club and the HPC and the academy, all of those have got to say, right, yeah, I accept that. And we'll try and get back again next year. We'll lose lose 12, 13 million quid financially for a year, which Stephen won't be pleased about. So there's some big decisions to be made. And the the ones we're making now, as you quite rightly said, could shape our our entire season. Yeah. 
And, yeah, you, look at a t- you look at a team like Sunderland last season, they lost two big players in January in Ross Stewart of an injury in the FA Cup game. And then Ellis Sims went back to Everton. But they were still able to bring in uh, Joe Gellhart to some extent and another couple of players. And they got they were competitive enough to get into the playoffs because that's what they wanted to do. We 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 need to replace players for for other reasons just to compete it's in this and perhaps survive. <clears throat> Mark, it is it it is I said I went into the pre-season and yeah, this is season fifty-seven for me. How many times? But I actually felt a bit <clears throat> about it. And I'm sat here at a moment, yeah, I'm pissing my bed, let's put it like that, because you know. You know, and, and Nigel, it's his 60th birthday tomorrow. I, by the way, I saw Nigel. He was in Scoozy Restaurant in Clevedon on Monday night with a tall bloke who wasn't a player. But uh, anyway, that's part of the buy. Nigel, I want Kiefer Moore then. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't Kiefer Moore. Nigel's uh, 60 tomorrow. Um, nothing's going to happen managerial-wise, even if we lost the next three games, I don't think. I think the key thing is what we do at the transfer because Ian's repeating what I said, the next 12 days will shape our season because, you know, we've got these long-term injuries. I don't think we're going to get relegated. I think we've got enough quality in the squad not to because people will get fit. We'll probably finish the season strongly. I don't think, I'll say this now, I don't think Nigel Pearson will be here beyond the end of this season. That's the situation. I think, you know, if we have another season where we're, the way it's looking at the moment, we're in for a we're not in for a tenth to fourteenth finish season. And I know I'm saying this three games in. I think we're into a fourteenth to eighteenth season based on performances. And I might modify my view if we have some. Uh, but but the problem is you, what what you're doing is, and we do this every season. We we it, because of the it was because of FFP we were reliant on teams losing points. You're suddenly looking down and you're saying. Which three teams are a lot worse positioned yeah. than us? Yeah. You know, let's let's perm three teams now that are worse than we us. We can do that. I from, can pick yeah. two straight away: Sheffield Wednesday, QPR for starters. Yeah, yeah. but you're doing Rotherham. that. You don't. Why do you, why do you why do you want to do that? This well, is crazy. That's not progress, is it? <clears throat> that is not no. progress. Full no. stop. Uh, it, just final question to both of you, Ian. Do you have a a birthday wish for Nigel? Say happy birthday, Nigel. By the way. Over to you, Ian. <laughs> Happy birthday, Nigel. By the way, the performances uh, in the first three games of the season have been poor. We wouldn't have scored yesterday if we'd have played until midnight. Uh, you need to go out and sign some players, mate. Otherwise, you're going to lose your job. All right. That sounds good. Mark, happy birthday, Nigel. What are you going to say? What's the uh, and, by the way? Uh, happy birthday, Nigel. I uh, hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, try smiling, but not in the way that it might make you look like a serial killer. <laughs> All right, everybody. Look, thanks uh, for listening to uh, this uh, episode of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you haven't watched it live, you can see what ugly mugs we've got. Faces for radio, as the face goes. But as I say, we'll be back with a review of Hull on uh, Saturday morning and this and that will be available on all the Podbean platforms within uh, four hours of uh, the live. And good luck to the Lionesses. And good luck to the Lionesses. Great great luck to the Lionesses. Yeah, here they go. Now now there is a manager that uh, you can trust. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. 
when the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Red Red Robin's out, bob, bob, bobbing along. When the Red Red Robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again doing what I did again, singing a song. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.